Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Poppy Marco here, and I'm here again for the Funkin' Focus Dance and Dialogue Boogaloo Traditions podcast. And today, I have someone very special for you guys. Today, I have someone straight out of Sacramento, Mr. Dancer64. Hey, what's up, Dancer64? You good? What's up? How you doing today, man? Just fine, just fine. First of all, thank you for being here. Thank you for being with us, telling your history, and sharing a little bit of your wisdom with us. So, shall we start? Yes, sir. So, let's go. I have a first question. It's about your childhood and your upbringing. How was it like to grow up in Sacramento? How is like the scene over there? And how did it shape you like as a person and as an artist? And what are your thoughts about it? Well, my upbringing was good. I had a, had an uh, older generation family I have. So I was a raised uh, dominantly all women without a father, my mom, auntie, grandmother, great grandmother, raised by all organic women. So my upbringing was was good. It just I chose as a youngster to uh, live that street life, you know. So you know what comes along with the street life, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But uh, along that journey, you know, I ran. Uh, there was a dance culture here, you know, and I became a part of that. So that kind of kind of detoured me some from a lot of. Uh, wrongdoing coming up. So the, the, the dance, um, it helped me a lot throughout my life as a youngster, you know, and it kind of molded me into I, who I am now, you know, full-fledged dancer, 58 plus, you know, and, and I still feel that uh, I got 15, 20 more in me, you know, so the, the hood did me a lot of good because it taught me <clears throat> what not to do, <laughs> you know what I mean? So sometimes we have to bump our head to learn and that's called a hard way. So I bumped my head a few times through my, my young journey, but I survived, I learned from it, I grew from it. And I embrace the dance culture as uh, what I want to be a part of for the rest of my life. Cool, that's great. So for my next question, I would like to know how did you get around popping and around dancing? Like how was your first contact with this culture? Who who were your biggest influence? Did you have a a person who taught you or you learned by going to parties? How, how was the process for you to be into this dance? When I was young, you're talking about? Yeah, um, basically watching, you know, like I said, this was a dance capital of Sacramento. California was a dance capital back in the 70s and the 80s. And uh, I would watch a lot. I would watch a lot. I, I would just observe, sit back in the shadows and watch. And back then it was so many good dancers, you know, you know, Sacramento dancers and the Bay Area dancers had a lot of similarity when it came to the style, you know what I mean? Yeah. Represent, representation. So, like I said, moms moms moved to the Bay Area at one time when I was young, and I 
dance there. Then I came back to SAC and they were still dancing on a high level. And I did a lot of watching. I didn't just, until like the, the last maybe uh, 10, 12 years, I might've really, really stepped into the, to the dance, back into the dance game. And this is when I kind of like start recognizing people like Future, uh, Rashad, uh, Money B, Dub, a lot of Bay Area dancers and uh, uh, various dancers. I started learning and you know, I started exploring the more dance cultures and seeing that, that life has went on. You know what I mean? The, the, the youngsters carried on the dance culture and I appreciated it. So I just jumped aboard and here I am today. Cool, cool, cool. So I want to know around what years, more or less, did you get into the popping scene or the sacramental dance scene? And around what years do you consider were your golden era, like your golden years, the, weird, the years you were at your peak? Now. Now, cool. Now. You know, and, and I'm, I'm being honest. You know, the the older the older I got, the more the sharper I got with my with my style. So I don't I don't I don't feel that I'm just I, I I don't feel that I was better when I was younger than I am now at all. I would tell you, I would be honest about that. You know, I don't know, maybe it's the DNA, but now I'm in my primes when it comes to dancing. I'm in my prime. Cool. But do, do you remember around what year, more or less, did you start like your first contacts with this culture? Well, I was 12 years old. So maybe whatever year when I was 12. Um, cool, like in the, in the 70s? Late, late 70s. Late 70s, cool, late, cool. Late 70s, but you know, um, in the early 80s, I um me and my partner went to this Battle of the Dancers downtown Sacramento Convention Center. And they had all these these dance groups come in and 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 uh and compete. It was about 12 dance groups, Imperial Wizards, the Derby Dancers. Soul Sisters Unlimited, Daddy Rich and the Star Child, Split Decision, Derek and Company out of the Bay Area. These guys was, and, and, and I never seen nothing like this before in my life. And that's what kind of really got me going in the dance culture after I seen this battle. I'm talking about these was veterans and it was at the top of their game. And I sat and I watched them. I watched the whole competition. And that was like in a, that might have been in 80, 84, 85, no, 83, 84, somewhere up in there. You know, I was I was like 17, 16, and, and, and I seen this competition, and I seen this guy, Derek, his name is Derek. He had a group, Derek and Company, he was from the Bay Area. I seen him come out. They left him out on the dance floor by himself. He had, he had four dudes with him, and he starred Shilson and Yarnell. I'm talking about he started shills into where this guy did not look real at all. And I said, that's what I want to dance like that. That's how I dance and I want to perfect it. 
And then later on, I used to see Shields and Yarnell, the married couple on TV. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Dick Clark, you know, all these dudes. I grew up watching all these dudes. So, so my admiration was a few guys, a few dancers in the dance culture, Marvin Williams, Richard Pyers, uh, uh, Derek from Derek and Company. And then there was a few other guys. Then there was cartoons. Then there was comic characters and superheroes. So all of this combined into one. Cool, cool. That, that's great. That's great history. And well, you mentioned before that there are some differences between Sacramento and uh, the rest of the area. And in your point of view, what are the differences between Sacramento And what are the similarities between Sacramento and the other cities, especially like LA that is a little far? What, is, what are the similarities and the differences? What makes Sacramento, what made Sacramento special back then? What made Sacramento special back here? Yeah. Compared to the LA or other cities? I don't know. It was my Sacramento's my town, so that was special off the back. I never I never I don't I never was into going to other people's cities too much back then because it was a whole lot of shenanigans and, and not a whole bunch of dancing. You know what I mean? You kind of had to filter through to find out the dancers versus the streets dudes that didn't give a damn about dancing. So I had a little bit of both in me. So I had to be careful about where I went and what I was going to represent. But as far as the difference between SAC and the other cities, there's, there's really no difference. Uh, it was no, no difference to me as far as what I experienced. It's just uh, maybe the dance styles. You know, the dance styles were different. You know, LA got a different dance style than Sacramento, a more of a waving tutting. Sacramento, We was, we was hitters. Cool. We was hitters. You know, we didn't do no whole. It was, it was it's neighborhoods. It was neighborhoods in my city back then that didn't like if you waved or King Tut. Did not like it. You know, so that's the difference between me and them, the cities, part of the cities. Cool, cool, and. Well, since we're talking about the, the cities and the difference in, differences and similarities, um, most dancers in the area refer to Oakland uh, as the origin of all these styles of, of this dance. And how, how it was for you guys in Sacramento, like you guys were inspired by Oakland, you guys talked about Oakland back then. Uh, the originators, the Bay Area being the originators. Um, I kinda, I, I'm not for sure about that because I was a youngster back then. Yeah. So I don't know who originated what, but I know we had a lot of similarities when it comes to style and fashion. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But I, I, I think Sacramento died out before the Bay Area. You know what I mean? You know, the, the Bay Area continued on with Sacramento continued. They went off to doing something else, you know, so I can't be 100% sure who is the originators. I, I've heard who they say the originators, and I don't argue with it because 
I really don't know. If I if I didn't live it, I can't really speak it. You know what I mean? Cool. Cool, cool. And I have a question about the the names. Like we have a lot of names for this dance. Like each town, each city has its own name and its own tradition on this dance. Like boogaloo, popping, bopping, pop locking. We have lots of names for this dance. And what were the names that there were being used in Sacramento to describe this dance? Like what, what were the names that you guys were using? You guys used more than one name? How was it for you? It was three names I can remember. Busting. Busting. Moving. And hitting. Hitting. Cool. Them three right there. Somebody I heard somebody say a couple of years ago, uh, sacking. Sacking. That, that's that's BS. Ain't no whoever whoever said that is BS. I don't you know, and I go to the grave with that. There wasn't no such, such thing as no sacking. That sounds stupid. I don't know where they got it from. Maybe somebody was on the sideline trying to come up with a new name, but it never stuck. Because I, I, you know, I've heard somebody through the grapevine said they knew something about Sacramento. And somebody said, sacking, ain't no, ain't no damn sacking in no Sacramento. We're too hard to call something a style so soft. Sacking is soft, man. We, we, we ain't soft in Sacramento at all. Cool, cool. Not like that. That would be our next question, like about the terms sacking and Sacramento style. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we've heard a lot of people in a lot of places talking about it and teaching some movement, some movements and calling them Sacramento style or sacking. And well, you already answered the first half of the question. Like you, you guys, at least you did not use it this term, but what were the differences between the movements like there was a specific way of moving and posing and doing your movements in Sacramento there was something specific over there mm -hmm. can, can you tell us a little bit or show a little bit on how it was let me say this <clears throat> I never I never considered you know uh, the word popping We never really, we never really came off that. We had some floor masters. We had, you know, we had breakers, b-boys, and then we had movers, hitters, and diamond. See, if you put move, hit, and dime together, that equals boogaloo. Equals boogaloo. When you move and you hit, right, and you dime, that's boogaloo, right? Oh. So that's what we called our style. Move, hit, or dime. You move it. But let me see you move. Then, bro, start moving, right? Let me see you dime. You dime. Let me see you hit. Then you hit. You put all them together, you can do what you want. Cool. You know, so that's how that go. That, that would be our next, next question as well. Like, what are the principal elements do you consider for the boogaloo or for the dance style what are the pillars for you like what makes this style for when when you're dancing when you're getting mm -hmm. getting what are the core elements for this dance for you well it's like 
the music is important to me. First of all, you can either go lyrical or you can go just from the beats without lyrics. I can go either or, but my style comes from the core. It comes from the, it comes from my stomach. It don't come from my joints. You know, poppers use their joints. That's why poppers don't last that long. You're not gonna see a popper my age popping, not like they did when they was in their thirties. When you when you boogaloo, it's different. It's a movement. It's a movement. It's angles. And you always gotta be on beat, never off beat. If you all beat one time, come on, I'm not, you can't never be off beat, no matter what style of dance you are, you can never be off beat, for one. Number two, enhance the music you're dancing off of. Make the person wanna listen to that song again just based on your performance of that music. That's your job. And for God's sakes, stop repeating moves after moves. You have to be a creator to be successful, man, in anything. You have to create. You got, you got to make a person not want to turn the page or scroll down. You know, so when it comes to engaging and performance, that's what I that's what I look, that's what I look for. And I don't think you don't do no thinking. You think you're supposed to slip and fall. Don't think I see a lot of people thinking when they dancing. You can look at a person and tell what they've been rehearsing the day before. If you're not ready yet, don't put yourself in the, in the spotlight. Don't put yourself in the spotlight just to practice. When you're ready, you let them know because you know you physically give a good performance. So I'm 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 110%, man. I just I know my place, so I stay at my place. And hopefully I can pass this information on to the youngsters because it's important. It's important. Sometimes I'm, I'm straightforward and it might hurt a person's feelings, but you can take it and turn it around and use it as a good instrument, man. Because that's all I'm trying to do is pass on the right information. Because so, I don't want nobody out here thinking they're doing one thing and they're not because they know nobody telling them nothing. And nobody telling you the truth about the art of dancing. You know, so I do my best. Nice. All I can do. Nice, nice. So I have a, a very specific one here for you. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about Oak Park. Do you know something about Oak Park and about its importance for the dance? I have a lot of friends living in Oak Park. Cool. I was one of the original guys that hung out in Oak Park. I lived in Oak Park at, at one time when I was a kid. You know, then growing up, my mom moved to the north side. So, so I'm from the north side, right? But I experienced Oak Park. I have friends there. Uh, Oak Park, they had the baddest dancers in Sacramento at that time. Nice. They really did. And that was that was the boogaloo. It was boogaloo, but we called it hit move and dime. Hit. No part. They started they started to hit me, you know, and, and it was real good. And I was fortunate enough to hang out 
plenty of days with them. So I have also have that style along with mine. No part. Nice. You know, nice. When it comes to dancing, cool, cream of the cool. crop. Cool. And could you tell us how was the, the party scene? Like when you wanted to battle or find someone to challenge in Sacramento, how, how this scene would work? Like how how you would see to find parties? What what were the hot clubs or well, places? I, I gave parties. I had to DJ. I was a I was a mediocre promoter back then. You know, we rented renovations and we have parties and stuff like that. And I would go to other parties, but usually when you had a party and you notice that you have uh, dancers at the party and you certain type, certain music would come on, the crowd would automatically separate because you're not physically be up in there together without battling. Like I said, we was in the dethroning people back then. We was always calling, it was always battling. Somebody fits to lose, somebody fits to win tonight. So a lot of house parties and most of the parties I went to back in my younger days, that's all we did was call people out. Call people yeah. out. And I seen some of my G's that uh would walk up to the DJ stand and give them a couple of dollars to pay a certain song they wanted to. Oh. How they used to do it. That's how they used to do it, you know. And 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 sit standing sitting there standing there watching two top dancers go at it, man. It's it's a good it's a, it's a good feeling, man, because they both hella good, and you know at the end of the battle, the only way one go win and one go lose is if the other one outdoes the other one. And all it takes is one move to outdo somebody else. So all it takes is one move, you know? And back then you had some dancers come in and do two or three moves and walk off and clear the whole floor. So I feel the lesser moves you do, the better you are. If you got to go out there and dance a whole song when you're battling, you know, then uh, you're going to feel fatigued. Then you're going to start repeating your moves. Then you're going to, you know what I mean? Or get all delirious. So yeah, it was it was back then and there, man. They had um that's how we battled. House parties, the park, street lights, you know, these little events people would get. And, and that, that's how we got out. That's how we got out. There there was specific music for certain situations, like if this song turns on, it's battle time. Now, if this song turns on, it's just getting down time. Like there was this. How how was it? Yeah, well, being that um, you know, they had girls there at the party, of course, so it wasn't all dudes. So, you know, they would mix the music up, you know, some R and B music and a couple of slow jams. But then when it's when, then before you know it, that DJ know when it's time. Somebody went up there and said something to the DJ, and he flipped the script. And when he flipped the script, you see everybody walking forward like, "What's up?" What's up? And then the, the non-dancers will separate themselves where there's enough room for the ones that come there to battle. And then nine out of ten, they didn't talked about it the day before. Mm -hmm. So we fix to meet up tomorrow night at such and such party and handle our business. So that's how it usually happens. 
back cool. then I was half the time I was the person just watching. Right? I was the person always watching real quiet. I so I did more watching than dancing back then. So I did more dancing in my older age than I ever did in my life. You know, so that's nice. how that yeah, right. Nice, but I grew nice. up in a generation of balance, though. It wasn't no because to me, if you if you just dancing, flipping videos, going to events and you know, doing your little thing. It's not, that's, there's no substance to it. And, you know, I feel the battle is necessary. The conflict is necessary. It should always be allowed. But the platform that is done on, I think it should be fair. I don't think it should be one certain criteria of people running the, the battle, you know, rather the seats, the judge's seat, you know, because Right now, today, it ain't too many original Boogaloo set in the judges' seats. In my city, I sat in the judge seats five times. You know, I got a partner, I got a young partner that's a B-boy that represent the B-boy culture out here in Sacramento. And he gave a lot of events during the COVID time. And he always called me to come sit in and judge and showcase. So he kind of helped me out and I helped him out. So, but then I recognized all these other places didn't have too many original boogaloo in the battle seat, man. So I told myself, I'm gonna keep pushing it. Hopefully one day I'll be in one of these seats, man, representing original boogaloo, not electric boogaloo. Nice, nice. And do you have, do, how do you think we could improve in terms of having this representation for the original boogaloos and for even in other styles the ogs that are usually not in these judges seats or not see not teaching how do you think we could shed more light into them like there are some actions you think we could do to improve this yes um uh handing out much information as possible about, about the art. Plus, uh, you got to have more people than just me, you know, speaking on original Boogaloo. We have to have a lot of us that was brought up in the original Boogaloo era uh, to, you know, speak more knowledge about the history of it and, 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 how, it's, and how it's done and how it's represented. You know what I mean? But we don't have that, so you know, hopefully this will carry on to something else, you know, because the information is endless when it comes to dancing, when it comes to the culture. It's just all about the timing. You know, these days people don't have a lot of time to sit and listen. You know, a lot of people rather hear something stupid and laugh about it than hear something serious and, and concrete and, and, and learn from it. You know, so it all depends on which way the, the uh, 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 universe is shifting, man. You know, basically. Cool, cool. Do you have any hints or knowledge to share with people that are starting now? Yeah. If you, if somebody teaching you how to, you know, dance whatever style you're interested in, their style, whoever style, the best way to learn is to uh, learn mentally. Because physically, if you try to learn from somebody physically, all you're going to do is end up dancing like them, you know, unless they're a creator. 
their creator, they're going to help. They're going to teach you how to find your own rhythm and your own movement and your own style. Because don't don't misunderstand when I say this. This, this is something I recognize. There's more people in the dance culture doing the same style than it isn't. And that, and that comes from the teachers, the teachers. You're either one, two or three dimensional and that's not enough. You can't teach a classroom full of people. You gotta sit there, you gotta talk to them, you gotta open them up to their own imagination. And if they lack in rhythm, you can teach rhythm. If they lack in balance, you can teach balance. If they're lacking imagination, Open them up a little bit and let them explore their own minds. But as far as sitting here and or have, you can have fun with it, but when it comes down to a, somebody's green and just now starting off, you gotta have patience, man. And and you gotta and you gotta feel the passion that he have to learn. And if he got that passion to learn, man, teach him, teach him what he need to know. That's all. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. So for people who are watching us now and want to be in contact with you, like people who want to learn from you or just follow what you're doing, mm -hmm. how can people find you in the social media or in Sacramento? Yeah, I'm Sacramento, California, man. Dancer64.com. That's my website. Cool. Punch on there, you see a lot of different things. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Instagram and TikTok. I'm on TikTok up under Toy Man 64. Because that was my original dance name as a youngster. It was Toy Man. You know, and cool. back and back to what I forgot to tell you back then, the biggest events back then was the skating ring days. You know, the, the skating ring would have parties on the weekend. And you would take your skates off at midnight and dance until three or four in the morning. So then I got a lot of recognition back then too, because we had a lot of good dancers back then, man. A lot of good dancers for, for us not to be no dancers at all in my era, you know what I mean? It was a lot of dancers. The city was full of dancers, north, south, east, and west in Sacramento in the 80s, in the 70s. Now, there's none. There's none. So here I am. Here I am. Cool, cool. So how? what are your future goals? Like how, what you pretend to do with your dance in the future so people can know how to better connect with you? Well, for now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue promoting my little video clips, you know, and, and keeping myself irrelevant in the dance circuit. You know, that's the best I can do until the opportunity comes along that's gonna, you know, extend my, you know, extend what I do even further. That's that's the only thing I can do, you know what I mean? So that's what I encourage all young dancers and beginners to do, you know, just, I'm not gonna say don't practice because some people practice. I'm just, when I say I don't practice, that just works for me. It might not work for the next next person might need to get in the mirror for two or three hours and sweat and find and find and find their rhythm. Me, I've been doing this for so long that I practice in my mind. 
I, I know what I'm supposed to do before I do it. You know, just execute it, man, and, and make sure that you dance, perform, or practice off music that soothes you. You know, because I've seen a lot of people get in these competitions and it's up to the DJ to play what music they want. And I don't think a lot of these cats were satisfied with the music. They, I'm pretty sure they would rather dance to something that they're more uh, 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 familiar with. You know, I, th- I kind of think that's fair to me. You know, and if you need to pay the DJ a couple of dollars to play a Pacific song that you're handing, then go ahead. You're promoting yourself. Never be, never, you know, I mean, never, never cheat, never uh, cheatscape yourself, man. Always take yourself to the limit, man, to the edge until you, before you fall off. Because people will ignore you when they know you excelling to the next level and then they won't support you. So you got to make sure you got self-care. You love yourself enough to where you ignore the fact that you're not being supported in a way you feel you should. So, but you got enough support for yourself to where you put yourself out there, man. And that's all you can do. You can't do no more than what, you know, you can't do no more than that. Nice, nice. Do you intend on teaching or are you teaching currently? Yes, I'm teaching a few, but it's not really a physical thing. You know, I, you know, I get, do FaceTime and stuff and we'll sit back and I'll watch and then I'll, let him know or let her know uh that's good but i think you're stepping a little too wide and i'm, I'm thinking you're not you you don't keep your head up you don't have eye contact with the camera you know what i mean i seen you do that move four times less than 30 seconds what's wrong with you okay og i know i know let's get it right bro so that's the type of teaching i do and then i'll break it down and help him make, help him understand what I'm trying to explain because some people might not, yeah, 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 don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. You know what I mean? So I break it down just in case they saying yeah and don't really understand. So it, it works well. But so as far as me teaching my style, my style can't be taught because it wasn't taught to me. Make sense? Makes sense. Wasn't taught to me. But I can teach you. I can open the doors for you. That's what I can do. I can get you where you want to be. And from there, you got you to gotta be creative enough, man, to be irrelevant. Because if you're not creative enough to be relevant, you're just another dancer, man, and if it goes stroll right by you. Cool, cool. Do you have any final considerations for our interview? Something you want to tell to our audience? Yeah. Um, real fast. Um, it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to you get discouraged when uh you're in a dance circuit because you got so many dancers wanting to be the best but unfortunately there's no best people are just good at what they do and some not that's all some some just do it better than others that's the only difference ain't no ain't no best and you got leaders that do contribute to the dance culture like you guys you know what i mean and, and put good information out there for people that might not have that information they need. So that's why you guys are here and that's why I'm here, just to put it out there and let you guys know you're more than welcome to contact me if you get stuck on a move that you don't understand. So you got to understand what you're doing, first of all. You can't just go out there and do something that somebody else is doing. You're doing it because you know how to do it. 
I want you to do something that don't nobody else know how to do. See, that's the thing. That's my goal, youngster. Is to separate myself from most dancers. I don't want to look like the next dancer. You know what I mean? I want to stand out. If my dancer look funny, then I'm going to look funny. But I don't want to dance like him. I don't want to do nothing like him. So that's my advice. Be your own creator and stand your own, man. I'm not saying don't be encouraged by different uh, dancers and platforms. By all means, yes, sir. But when it comes to you, create your own style because it's it's enough dance in the world where you can create your own style. You can get uplifted and uh, inspired by other dancers that's been in the game long enough. But create your own. At the end of the day, you want something that you created that nobody else can do. So that's that that's the goal for all the youngsters out there. Nice, nice. So, well, I gotta say again, thank you for being here with us. Thank you for telling us your history. We were looking forward to it to this for a long time. So mm -hmm. good, man. Thank you, Funky Focus Urban Artistry, for giving us the opportunity to be here to tell your history. And if people want to meet you, want to find you, we're going to get all your links in the description yeah. on and on Spotify. So thank you. What's up, y'all? Thanks. Peace out, man. What love?